Good evening and welcome to another episode of Super Deluxe Gamescast. It's Thursday, September 28th, last Thursday of September. The year continues to chug along um, and unbelievably, somehow, the games industry continues to chug along as well. Um, although it, it feels like it's... Are you sure? Results. Are you sure it <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, it's what's well, more limping than it is anything else. Um but uh, so so here's what we're gonna do tonight. Kind of a weird show tonight. Um, so this past weekend we had a lovely sit down for about an hour with uh, Samantha Barrett, who is the uh, voice of Carlac and just a very talented actor overall. Uh, More than just a voice to point delight. out, because also performance capture and um, yes, others. So yeah, just really well, the actor. Well, that's why I said. Are, well, that's why I said actor behind it's, Carlac. instead of voice actor. I've had a rough day. Um, I'm already a gummy. I, I I know, I know. Uh, but she is an absolute delight. Um, and if if you That's hear a great me, interview, stick around for it for sure. It, it really is. It really is. So, um, we're gonna talk about the n- not good, very bad, awful, terrible day that the yeah. Let's let's briefly weekend. before we get to the fun stuff. Um, get one, get one this just knock out of the that way. out. Like, yeah, let's just knock it out real quick. There was. A shitload of layoffs today. Um, Epic Games is Christ. laying off like you know what was nine hundred employees. Nine hundred um, people. Really cool how Unity steps in it and everybody's like, oh, but Unity's or uh, um, Unreal's the good guys. Epic Games is is has no need to lay off that many employees. Well, not as also, well as well, I, I, to, they're not to even just context? laying off. Like they're laying off nine hundred people. They're divesting from two things that they've acquired in the past year. Yeah, and um, and they're also raising the price on V Bucks in Fortnite. So that was everything that Epic did today. <laughs> well, it, it's just to like put kind of a a, a different perspective on it. That's almost twenty percent of their workforce. They like I believe it was sixteen percent was yep. the number I saw. Yeah, yeah, like that. That is a huge amount of people. There's just no but, need for um, that, given especially how, for how... a company that's doing as amazingly well as yeah. Epic. Whose entire C-suite is in- extremely well compensated. Like, it's just, there's no need for it. Um, there were layoffs at Ubisoft, um, which is also frustrating and has not seen... I haven't seen nearly as much talk, probably because the, the Epic Games ones are just more Well, Ubi- Ubi's was also six people. Yeah, yeah but like... Um, creative if, Assembly was hit pretty hard as well. Creative, creative Assembly, assembly was hit very hard. The one that really pisses me off are the devs uh, that created Fall Guys because they were purchased by Epic. Yeah, and now, now most to clarify, of that gone. because there's a viral uh, tweet going around from a shitty, um, like not good news source that says that the whole studio got shuttered, which is not the case. But a shitload of people did get laid off, and like not just like and and like the lead artist got laid off, the the lead level designer got laid off. Like, like this was a gutting. In fact, they, they, um, re, they like reconfigured the lettering in their office to spell out decimation. Uh, there's a picture of it floating Oof. around. But yeah, um, so uh, like it's, there's it's not, bad. There's not much like, to say, but like, the creative assembly no, actually, one is, the creative assembly one is kind of nuts too, because hyenas was something that Sega and that studio had been saying for a while was like, a major major project for them 
And that game was months from release. They have had yeah. multiple betas. People have played it. They had a massive really wild to shutter. They that. had a massive showing at Got Gamescom a month ago. Yeah. Wow. Like and and then they just canceled it. Um, which is wild because like that game actually like it did have excitement behind it. You know, people had said some mixed things from the beta, but like they were taking feedback and working on it. Um, and like that was that was the game that set. I remember. I don't know if you remember this, but a couple years ago, Sega had like a super game thing like on their like yeah. long term thing. That was the game. And, and it's and it's so, months from release. It's just gone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And no one will ever play it. So, Derek, you say that there's not a, there's not much to say. There is something that I want to say. Yeah. Um, and it's this. <laughs> so, Unionize. all these people who got laid off. All well, not not even just that. Like like we'll get to that. But, but that. But what, the number was what nine hundred people who got laid off from from Epic, Epic Games. Yeah. Epic Games. Tim Sweeney's net worth is four point one billion dollars. Not million, billion. He is a fucking billionaire four times over. I read a, I read a, um, I read a, a piece from a previous Epic employee who got laid off talking about how they remember seeing on some upper executive, not Tim Sweeney's wall, a, uh, a piece of Simpsons art that was had, had sold for like, he bought for like a million dollars. And just the idea that somebody could just spend a million dollars on a piece of wall art is... He's worth four point one billion dollars now. Oh, and also he what, mentioned what? in his in his, like the letter that he sent out to employees is circulating, and a lot of it is about how he overspent with like acquisitions and expansion in too short of a time, and everybody else is the ones paying for it. And also he mentions that he's still continuing their like petty lawsuits that they keep throwing at Apple well, about, not, but, about like his own personal ideology and but, stuff but like that. Like that there, stuff's there's, continuing. But there's a, there's a, there's a real human element that I want to get to here. And it's that one of the people laid off, and I'm sure she's not the only one, but one of the people laid off is a pregnant woman a week away from giving birth. While this man sits in his office and his fucking tower with $4.1 billion. Now, I know that if I am the head of Epic and I have $4.1 billion, maybe this is just me, maybe I'm old-fashioned, uh, but I, I take some of my wealth, which would be a fucking pittance, a fraction of that $4.1 billion, and I would, I would simply take care of my employees. But the bottom line is, is that they did not need to fire anyone. They didn't need to fire anyone. There was no there was no call for this whatsoever. The reason that these people got fired is because there was the f tiniest bit of a sign of slowdown at Epic Games and Tim Sweeney rather than rather than pour a little bit of that 4.1 billion into his company coffers or even just wait a little bit, he decided to cut loose 900 fucking people. After bragging people. earlier after bragging earlier this year that Epic Games wasn't overreacting to recessions and stuff like other tech companies yeah. were. It's look, They're, it's just like we saw with Embracer, right? Which is when a a, a one of these gigantic mega corporations, you know, do, makes a bad business plan. Um the the people who suffer are all these people on the lower level who get laid off. It's never like the people at the top, the people in the C-suite facing any kinds of uh 
like consequences for their actions. They're not taking pay cuts, right? They're not losing their jobs. It's it's so, always so I'm gonna, the low level. I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back on you here, Derek, in one sure. very specific way. I'll fight you. I this okay, uh, <laughs> but fuck, but I, hey, you said it, not me, and uh, I shouldn't but, have. But, but <laughs> Derek, you know I can't look at that. Look at that face. I can't. I can't do anything to you. Um, to me, the epic situation is worse than Embracer, in my opinion, and I'll tell you why. Because yeah, I, I can agree with that. Like, like right now, off the top of your head, who owns Embracer? I don't know. Yeah, you don't, don't know, right? Clue. Because it's it's some faceless fucking conglomerate. But Tim Sweeney also, also is the, the name about, the, who yeah. is tied. He's tied to Epic Games. He's the owner of Epic Games, and he could have built himself. Like, throw aside the fucking empathy for the people working for you who are responsible for you having four point one billion dollars right now. Take empathy, take empathy, and put it on the shelf. Imagine the fucking goodwill that you could that you could buy. And I and I understand I am appealing to corporate greed and fucking you know, you know fucking altruism here. But think of the fucking goodwill you could have bought, Tim, by just either not firing your workers or doing what you could to support them. But you, but he didn't. He chose not to do that. In fact, he put out a statement today saying, "Yeah, I know it sucks, but you're all fired. So the rest of you who are here, we'll talk about what's in store in the future later." Well, I would not. The one thing I'll point out, um, you know, I'm, I'm never going to make excuses, but like we know capitalism sucks and like it's all about the shareholders. But the one thing people point out on the discord is like, you know, um, a, a traded company has a fiduciary duty to do what's in the best interest of the shareholders. Like that's a legal binding obligation that they have. And it's just one of the evils of capitalism. Uh, but I don't believe Epic Games is publicly traded. I don't know. They are a private company. They are a private mm -hmm. company. They do not have shareholders to yeah, appease, um, which is an important distinction here because they do not have that obligation. And it is in their power to do basically what they want with their money. That's why um, I think this is worse than the Embracer situation. And, no, and that's also, a good point. also the thing about like Embracer versus this, like obviously what, what's going on with what's continuing to go on with Embracer is terrible. Um, just because it affects so many developers all over the world. But the thing is, like, Embracer raised everybody's eyebrows with how much they were buying in a short amount of time. And everyone's like, where's this money coming from? How are they going to, you know, survive long term? Um, and so as tragic as it is, there's also a lack of surprise because it seemed like a terrible business strategy for what they were doing to begin with. Epic Games runs Fortnite and owns the Unreal Engine. Like they like, are not hurting. Um, it's fucking Fortnite. All. Like it's like one of the biggest games ever made. It's one of the highest grossing titles in the entire history of the industry. And you're telling me that you had to cut loose nine. Dude, you're worth 4.1 billion fucking dollars. Like what is the, what is the actual company worth? Can anybody tell me what, what Epic itself, what their assets I, are? I don't like, know, but it's a lie. No. Um, like it's, and, and I'm sure it's billions and billions and billions of dollars. Like it's fucking epic. Like Justin said, they own the biggest games uh, engine in the entire industry and probably the most profitable game. I would guess anyway, the most profitable game or one of the most profitable games, at least in, in the entire history of the industry. And you had to cut loose 900, you epic had to cut loose 900 people, a fucking pregnant woman week, a week away from getting, from giving birth. I'm so fucking also, mad I can hardly talk about and, it. And like, also, I, like, you know, I every like all these layoffs across the industry are sad. Like individual things 
you know, have made us angry. Thirty-two billion dollars, like, Justin. Yeah, there were thirty-two billion dollars. Like, but also the situation. I, I don't want to let Sega off the hook because the situation with hyenas sucks too. These yeah. people have been working for years on a game that was about to come out, and we're even doing major promotion for it a month ago. That's fucking wild to me. And now nobody is going to get to see or experience the work that they have done. Did they say why? Like why? Like what happened? No, no. They just just said we were expecting less money than usual from like some of our European studios. It's probably Um, better to write it off and take the tax write off, right? The the Uh, old Batgirl special. Yeah. Like, like, like that. You see the Batgirl special? Yeah. Yeah. It's what Zaslav did with Batgirl. Uh, canceled it and just took a tax write-off instead of releasing yeah. it, and the movie was done. <clears throat> but like, yeah, I like, just like that—that's—that's got to be so demoralizing mm-hmm. on so level, like on so many levels. Like, you're not going to be able to show anybody any of the work that you've done for the past few years, yeah. even if it had like a small but dedicated community, or even if it launched in a state where people are like, "There's good, you know, good stuff here, but it needs to improve." You're not going to have that chance to improve on it. You're not going to have a chance to build that community. It's just gone. Like everything that you were working to just got pulled out from under you and you're losing your job. Like I, I, I can't even process that. And like, I didn't think the game looked like, you know, mind blowing or anything, but there were people that were excited for it and there were people working on it. And like, that is just such. And like the same thing with like streaming services that are pulling stuff that, you know, released just months ago or getting rid of it before it even releases um like people worked on these things and now it's just gone like like that is just such a tragic sad thing for art for the industry for employee morale from every angle it just like that makes me so unbelievably angry like yeah. when when everybody watching and listening, whenever you go back and you play your next game, doesn't matter what game it is, I want you to think about the just how fucking lucky all of us are that this industry still exists at all. Because by by any, I mean, who the fuck would want to stay here? Who the fuck would want to stay in this industry at this point? I don't understand how people do it. It's got to be the most tenuous uncertain job market that i have ever fucking seen and i'm not even in it i'm just we're all enthusiasts here and i want to stress that we're all enthusiasts none of us are actually part and parcel of the gaming industry and 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 it is just absolutely fucking the just the state of this shit is just so embarrassingly horrible and my thoughts are all of our thoughts to to everybody who is affected uh, by the just the, the 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 fucking decimation, like the annihilation wave that swept its way through the yeah. industry. Well, today. I I just I just happened to see that apparently at some point in the past week there were layoffs at Blizzard. I didn't even hear about those. Yeah, no layoffs are just like, too common. Like there there was you don't, so they, much they don't even register anymore. And so much in the past week that like I, I mean and like Ubisoft had you know layoffs today handful of people but still layoff you know layoffs throughout the, the the game industry like it's just it's so common in every single studio up and down like in every major publisher no matter how 
successful they are. I mean, it's it's just like a few years ago when when Activision Blizzard, um, you know, posted like their best profits ever and then laid off eight hundred people the next day. Right. Like, it, I remember a point three to five years ago, right when when a, a a studio would have some layoffs, like the next like that day would be full of people like rallying to try and help find the affected new jobs. And the problem is, is this is not feasible anymore because yeah, every just, set of layoffs is one of five sets of layoffs and it's a month after the last round of layoffs. And like, there's not enough openings, hundreds at the of people, yeah. right. Competing and, and for a dozen yeah. spots. It's brutal. And I mean, even like, even on the, the games journalism side, you know, we, we know a lot of people that are in that and like so many entire sites have closed mm-hmm. um, or aren't funding stuff. So like, you know, they're, it's the same situation there. It's like there's one opening. Everyone's applying for that one opening. Um, and like it's just it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Right, well, let's, um, let's talk, I don't want to spend about something a little more. We, positive. we will. So yeah, I don't want to like, spend a lot of time. This was originally the thing we were actually going to talk more about, but we're going to turn it into an asterisk, which is one more person lost their job. And it's Jim fucking Ryan. Rest in peace, <laughs> well, buddy. You know, you, you <laughs> got to balance months, it out. Yeah, okay. Right? He's retiring. It's a little different, but you, <laughs> you know, gotta balance it out. You Jim, gotta balance it Jim out. Well, who wants to play old games? Jim fucking uh, abortion is too political to talk about. Um, Here's a let's picture talk of my, my cat's, cat's birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> um, rest in piss, bud. Um, but yeah, so so we do want to talk about some fun stuff before the interview. We're going to talk a little about what we've been playing. Um, would everybody, I can't wait for everybody to see this interview. It's so fucking it's good. It's a good interview. Uh, would everybody be okay with me going first? Yeah, go No! Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right, well, fine. Um, I guess I'll just... I'm sorry. I really yeah, wish my chair took me all the way off screen for that gag, but it's just far enough that kinda it like doesn't when, work. Kind of like when Reb was singing Bahamut Lagoon and just kind of yes, slowly exactly. rolled off. Yeah. Um, so I have been playing uh, this last week or so pretty much exclusively Resident Evil 4. Um, we got a review code for the Separate Ways DLC from Capcom. So Capcom, thank you, Capcom. Creators Program. That's our first. That's our first code from Capcom as part of the program. Um, so I did a stream of the first three chapters of Separate Ways. Um, I'm a surprisingly, five. surprisingly lengthy for a ten dollar expansion. Yeah, surprisingly took, meaty. Yeah, it took me about <laughs> six hours. For a ten dollar DLC, yeah, that's, the length, that's the length of like a standard mainline Resident Evil game. Yeah, like, with like a decent depending amount, on the game. Yeah, yeah, with like a like decent one to amount. One three are all like five hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Four is just like beefy. Um, yeah, four is like a twenty-two hour game, but but like decent amount of new content. Um, I really enjoy Separate Ways. The original Separate Ways is very much like what can we reuse a bunch of assets to make to make the PS2 yeah. version worth double dipping on. Um, versus this feels like a genuine paid expansion. It brings back it. Like if there's stuff that you wish had been in RE4 remake that was in the original and, and got cut, um, like you're going to be happy. Um, I think, I think this really completes the package. Uh, I think it's a much better version of like what was Ada doing the whole time. It could not be more fucking clear that they are rushing towards a Resident Evil five remake, which is very weird to me. Um, but it's good. I love Ada's grappling hook, both as a level like traversal mechanic and as a combat addition, because you can now melee enemies from a distance and like grapple and zip in when they're there's, real, there's like a real James Bond feel to this shit. And I love yeah. it. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you also um, can get an upgrade for it later on that lets you like rip off enemy shields with yes. it. Which is great because Ada does not have a lot of the raw firepower. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's so much it's so it's so much fun. Yeah. Okay, like her- Derek, I gotta get something off my chest. I gotta get something off my chest. Yeah. I like Ada's I like Ada's voice actor. I don't see the problem. I don't um, see the problem. I like, talked I, about this in I, the stream. Uh I really like Ada's voice actor. I do think that she's being done a disservice with the direction she has received maybe because she does sound like she's acting for a different game, right? Everybody else is bringing it up to here and her energy level is down here and that's not bad, but it but doesn't I, match the energy of everyone else in the game. But I feel um, like that's kind of Ada's deal, right? Like she's calm and collected. Yeah, and- but it's, it's, I can see where it's, it's not that big of a deal to me compared to people who like threw a shit fit. I don't think that's at all reasonable. Um, But I understand why like people didn't totally vibe with her voice. Um, uh, honestly though, Derek, I just want you to tell people about Martha's reaction to Ada. Cause that's my favorite part. Of oh this whole yeah. Thing. Martha. Um, I think, uh, so Martha discovered Ada Wong, uh, when I was playing Resident Evil four separate ways and, um, saw Ada's Ada's like sweater dress. That's so tight. You can see her like abs and belly button through the sweater. It's um, ridiculous. And I think, I think, uh, I think I watched my wife do like the cartoon wolf thing. Um, she said things that that like people in prison be saying to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> just truly unacceptable things I will not repeat. Um, but I mean, that's why that's Ada's effect on people. Eric, why can you see her abs and belly button through her sweater dress? Because that's horny how Ada jail. rolls. Horny jail. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is like, so I played separate ways. Great. But the thing is, I went back and touched on um, the mercenaries, which I had not played the mercenaries in the remake. Oh, um, watching you do. Watching you, holy shit! The Mercenaries is good, and it just received a free expansion with separate. So you don't have to buy separate ways to get like Ada and Wesker and the new docks level. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like. There's a point where I realized I had done nothing for three days but play the Mercenaries. Um, Good. It's so so good. it is Wesker in particular, like Ada's fine, um, but Wesker is a true joy, such a unique character to play as. I've never more badly wanted, like Capcom has always struggled with getting the multiplayer Resident Evil thing to work. And I just make free to play mercenaries, just make mercenaries co-op and you'll get everybody. I, I still have not touched mercenaries, but it looks like a lot. John, of you fun. fucking Dude, have to. It's it's so good. Um, I I've had a I've had a blast with it. Playing RE4 mercenaries has convinced me to try out Exo Primal. Right, like wow, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. Is like I went. Yeah, that seems oh. like a, that's weird. But I was like, these motherfuckers are cooking. I get it. Um. So yeah, Resident Evil Four was already great, but Separate Ways is an incredible addition. The mercenaries is so good. Um, definitely, definitely check out separate ways. It's good shit. Very good shit. It makes one of the best single player experiences of the last few years an even better game. So that's what I've been playing. I'll go next real quick. I'm going to be super fast. I've been getting ready for uh, patch 6.5 Final Fantasy 14 next week. Uh, Growing Light, which is the culmination of the Final Fantasy 4 inspired Golbez story. Uh, where we'll be taking the fight to, to uh, Zeromus, 
Um, and uh, I'm I'm very excited for this. Uh, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of integrating uh, a lot of the fun, like Endwalker already. And you know, Jeff, you know this. Like Endwalker, like the base campaign was very heavily inspired. Like had huge elements of Final Fantasy IV in it. Um, and the post Endwalker storyline has just kind of like taken that and ramped it up to 11, like, you know, with Golbez and, you know, the four fiends and now Zeromus, um, you know, the lunar sun again, Zeromus is the final boss of final fantasy four. Isn't that Uh, No, no. Golbez is not Zeromus. It's all, yeah, no. Man, I just played I that a few you, months wait, ago. I, thought, I was going to say, I thought you beat four. Golbez is the villain that stands out, and, and Zemus and Zeromus yeah. pop up no, in like Zemus, the last 30 no. seconds yeah. of the game. So. Zemus, yeah, Zeromus is literally like Necron in Final Fantasy IX. Like he pops up in the okay. last 30 seconds. That's why I don't he's remember. Like, yeah. Right. yeah, he's like, I'm Zeromus. And, uh, and that's basically it. But <laughs> the the Lunar Subterrain, which is the final dungeon at four, is the uh, is the dungeon here. Uh, and I, I am very excited for this. Uh, I watched the li- uh, the live letter. We got to look at the fight. I love Zer- it's Derek. I showed you. I love Zeromus's design. It's a great and interpretation. Zeke, that's our boy. Really good fucking interpretation of Zeromus, and I am very very excited for this. So I've been doing that, and I have been. Uh, I am almost to the end of my Persona Four Golden replay. That's what I've been doing. Jeff. Yeah um yeah i'll go next uh i've been playing um starfield i've got about 50 hours in now i i was a little bit late to it because i was on vacation uh the first couple weeks of september so uh yeah i just started about a couple weeks ago um i now 50 hours in i'm finally enjoying myself um i i like i like a lot about the game but man i gotta talk about some of the design decisions so i know I'm mostly alone on the podcast and being a fan of like Bethesda Game Studios, like traditional games. And I understand and like I don't disagree with all the complaints. It's just they personally are like not things about the games that have ever bothered me. And I still will kind of defend like um, whether it's something people enjoy or not. These games, I really do believe, do things a lot of other games don't, which is like um, you they really feel like your own story in your own game. I'm like, you actually can do what you ever want. Um, you know, it's kind of like that. Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, but before that, you know, not to that degree, but like that same level of like go anywhere, do anything in any order. You can break the main quest line by killing someone because they're not invincible when you shoot them, like um, just this big sandbox. And and that's really special. And I think, um, you know, I was expecting all the same complaints with Starfield. I was expecting glitches. I was expecting people to be disappointed with the narrative and the writing. I was not expecting it to be missing so much about what makes Bethesda games Bethesda games um and it's everything from like minor things to major things so we'll I'll start off with one uh, I'm not going to go in depth on this uh, but everyone should read this article by I just posted in chat by our good friend Grant Stoner uh why Starfield's an accessibility embarrassment um this is the biggest release from Microsoft Game Studios in years and I understand it's Bethesda um you know I'm not putting it on Phil Spencer the lack of accessibility here, but uh, the fact of the matter is they've been with Microsoft for a long time. There's no, there's no way there's not the resources and the money to do better. And it's um, and when you look, like especially when you look at what Xbox release. has been doing with themselves with like the adaptive controller, like they're leading the charge on a lot of this. So to their biggest game in years to have nothing is and like, this is the third or fourth, like Bethesda published game in a row 
to have this happen. Yeah. Um, Deathloop had it happen, and Ghostwire Tokyo um, also did. Oh, yeah. Both later on had um, you know pretty major updates that added in yeah. some stuff, but um, it took a long time to get to that point. And I I know at least with Deathloop, it was basically almost until you know it came out on Xbox because. That was a weird case where, you know, they had PS5 exclusive deals, even though it was bought by Microsoft in the meantime and, and everything. But yeah, um, but yeah, like it seems Bethesda as like a whole for like as a publisher has really dropped the ball on accessibility. Um, and, yeah. and it's a shame because I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, they they can do better. Like they're yeah, not they, a little they, indie they, studio, they, right? And yeah. um, especially yeah. now they absolutely <laughs> have the resources to get yeah. it right. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm Grant is going to speak about it much better than I, I can. So, yeah, definitely go on IGN, read that article. But, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, there's lots of little things like, uh, you know, like a lot of people play these games. Like I play first person when I'm indoors, but when I'm like outdoors traversing like mountains and stuff like that, I like to switch to third person. Every other Bethesda game has you can like zoom that you can pull the camera back or pull it into your character as far as you want. It's been in every other game. And here there's only two preset third person cameras and most people feel one of them's too close and one of them's too far like again it's just a weird why is this gone when it's been in every other bethesda game um another one is like the role-playing aspect of bethesda games can be really strong uh in terms of like so i'll give you an example the first thing i do when i start these games um every like shopkeeper and npc in their towns typically has their own house with their own possessions and stuff as well and owning a house in these games is usually like a late game thing that you need a lot of money for so first thing i do is don't judge me. It's just a video game. Chill. Uh, but in the dead of night, I just sneak into a town and murder someone in their house and I take their house. And that's what I use because I, I love just like hoarding all all sorts of weapons and armor and stuff. And I set it all up. Um, and again, the NPCs in here no longer seem to have their own houses. Like there's no real residential district for them. It's it's again just like a, a kind of a staple of these games that's gone and, and something that set them uh, apart from other AAA games. But the biggest one by far is if you talk to most people who like enjoy Skyrim and Fallout, their favorite thing to do is to just walk out into the world with the intention of going from A to B and getting distracted by a thousand things along the way, whether it's like a random quest or a person standing here or a cave that's, you know, that see that mountain, you can go there. But like literally that's what people do. And they like walk up that mountain and you find a cave and like three hours later, you've completely lost yourself and haven't done anything. That literally doesn't happen in Starfield. That design is gone. So the way it works... Really? The way it works is the big open map, so like the Wasteland and Fallout 3 or, you know, the province of Skyrim, um, that is space. But because it's space, you do not traverse it on foot. You traverse it with your ship, and it goes even further. You do not really fly your ship. What you do is you hit three button presses to get to a star map in your menu that just has a view of the galaxy with the planets, and you just teleport to planets. That is the exploration in lieu of like exploring things on foot. Um, and all you're really doing is teleporting to major cities, right? It'd be like teleporting between like Whiterun or um, I- I'm blanking on like a lot of the Elder Scrolls cities, but like, y- you know, and most of the quests are contained within these cities. The only time you really go outside the cities uh, is a quest might have like a predetermined location for you to go to. And same way, you don't really walk there. You view it from the planet view in space and you teleport there. Um, and yeah, you, the, there are planets that are procedurally generated and you can go out and explore them. There's nothing to find. I will save you some time. 
And it's it's just really disappointing because that's like my favorite thing about these games is just spending hours like climbing a mountain, wandering the terrain and just finding all sorts of cool shit. There's nothing to find. And it's it's really disappointing. Um, and yeah, like the other aspect is, you know, it kind of ties into the fast travels like they made such a big deal about your ship. Um, you only get a so you can't really it's not like No Man's Sky. You can't manually control your ship taking off and you can't fly it seamlessly into the planet and land. And I'll accept that, you know, the scale of the game is huge. I understand there's technical limitations. Um, but for some, like, there's other weird decisions, like when you land, a cutscene plays the first time you landed a planet, and then after that, the cutscene never plays. When you land, it just teleports you outside your ship into the middle of the city. So, like, it doesn't really feel like you're, like, flying around the galaxy. Um, and there's even, like, a design issue with that, which is, uh, if you don't have a spacesuit equipped in your ship and you land on a planet and you've been there before, it teleports you outside, and if the environment, the air is hostile and you didn't put your spacesuit on, you will just start dying because like, it doesn't like, it's just, so there's just, and I could go so on and on. There's maybe this Jeff, game is fucking good. Let's go. Jeff, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, I, Jeff, I got, Jeff, I gotta, I, I gotta say something like, like I, I haven't played Starfield and I don't intend to, but, um, but here's this, my opinion. I, well, no, well, no, no, I don't have, a, I don't have an opinion at all. Uh, but, you, but, but, but what I'm saying is, Based on what you've said and what other people have said, like I'm not gonna de- I'm not gonna deny that the game. I mean, it's not a bad game, I don't think. Based on most people I've talked to, but what I will say is, and you tell me what you think, Jeff, is that I feel like this is a different game than what we were sold. Um, I mean, I I didn't pay that much attention to the hype cycle. I watched the trailers. I think it's exactly what we were sold. I think it's just, um, you know. No, I it, it's I think I think it's one of those games that has been announced for so long and people had put so many expectations yeah. on it that they kind of created this story in their head of what it was going to be when mm-hmm. we had you know hadn't seen footage or gotten like, impressions or anything it, and then it, it came is, out and it's a little bit it's just a little bit off of what people yeah had hoped and dreamt it was going to be it, even if it, is it wasn't exactly like what was leading marketing. It is exactly what was in that one hour like Xbox demo that they showed earlier this year. That is the game. Um, you know, they may be uh, it's marketing. They may be oversold like the planet exploration because there's just no reason to do it. But, um, I, you know, and those so I, I bring up all these complaints, not because I hate the game. I actually like the game a lot, but it's like the game could be very, very good if it weren't for all these problems. And Rars and chat talking about inventory management. That's a whole I could talk for another hour about that. But like. Um, you know, the writing is still really good. The, it has that Bethesda, like the, that huge, that quest chain that starts with someone like, hey, can you get me a cup of coffee? And like 10 hours later into the quest chain, you're committing corporate espionage and assassinations and blackmail and stuff. And it just goes places you never expect to go. And like, I think that's what oh, another thing people love about these games. And that's still here. The writing, I still think, is very funny. Um, visually, it is hands down the most gorgeous game Bethesda has ever put out. I don't think anyone can really... Uh, I mean, yes, the, you know, the the talking faces, is, it still looks like it has that Skyrim oblivion. They're less round, but it, it's not, you know, the presentation is not there with some they're, of the... They're still just staring. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it's a gorgeous game. Like, that's just one piece. Um, yeah. It is a gorgeous game all around. Really, really good art direction. Um, and I, I think, yeah, like... Um, you know, a lot of it, you have to get further into the game, but like customizing your ship, getting an apartment, decorating it, you know, furniture, that's all stuff that I really like in games, like really chill things to do. And it's very fun and it's really rewarding. Um, and when the game gets out of its own way and you can actually just 
do a quest and go through a dungeon and kind of get into the flow of the game. Um, it's really, really fun. And I, you know, everyone should give it a shot if they're a fan of Bethesda's previous games, but it's just, it's disappointing. Like, I don't do number scales, but it's like, you know, it could be a nine, but all these problems, like, probably cap it at a seven. And like, that's fine. I, I love me some six out of 10 games, but Hell yeah. um, I, I think I've had to work very hard to like find my own fun and force my way through a lot of the, the obstacles here. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, I guess that surprised me. All the problems I expected weren't there. And there was a lot of problems that I, uh, that I didn't, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm enjoying it. I'm 50 hours in and I haven't started the main quest yet. So it's doing something right. <laughs> Bustin, uh, you want to talk any about yeah, what you've been Justin, playing? Go ahead. Well, yeah, I kind of jump in between a few things. Um, I don't really have a ton I really want to talk to about. I do want to talk about this season of destiny a little bit. Sure. Um, cause it's been, it's been really cool. They kind of lead into the, uh, you know, darker fantasy side. Um, there's been some really cool stories and stuff, but they also have, have a character that is literally just a dedicated hater that you have to have with you all the time. And there's been nobody in the series that has this kind of dynamic and he's such a little shit and I love him so much. Um, and it it's so great because like the the main storyline is you know pretty dark and dour for this season it, it it's it's really cool but like but then you also have like really kind of seamlessly added comic relief which is also something destiny has struggled with in the past and i don't know i just i just want to give a shout out to the writing team of destiny especially like have they been uh adapting to like the seasonal model and like really dig digging into these characters and stuff like that. It has improved so, so much. Um, and it's really exciting. Like every week I'm excited to, you know, log on to see what the next week of the story is going to be. Um, and even if it doesn't, you know, really push the overall narrative forward all that much that week, there's usually still some like really good lines and really good character moments um, that I've enjoyed. But yeah, it's just, it's just so funny that there is a character that is just like your job is to write the bitchiest character in destiny history. <laughs> and they took, and they took that assignment and ran with it. <laughs> it's so good. Like, um, it's, it's it, it, it just been really fun. And like, you know, we're coming up on final shape, which is going to be the, you know, last expansion in the storyline that has started with destiny one. Um, game's going to continue after that but we don't know what that's going to look like yet but um it is it is really cool um to see how much the game has evolved and continues to evolve even in short amount of time i think we the past couple of years we've seen um you know especially with the seasonal model we've seen them reacting a lot faster to you know player critiques and things that we need that need to change and stuff and it's just been really cool to see it evolve in the way that it has um and to find a way to make narrative kind of stick and work well um, in a service game, which is something that I think suffers in almost all of them. Um, it, I don't know. It's, it, it's just been really fun. Like, you know, it's not like when, you know, Apex Legends or something, they release this cool, you know, polished trailer of something that will never, ever be mentioned outside of a couple random lines in a Battle Royale match. <laughs> like... Or, you know, yeah. Overwatch, where it was like, oh, here's this huge, huge overarching story. And like, 
none of it even matters. <laughs> like none of yeah. it even matters because it's like you like it's not even like you're playing heroes versus villains. Like here's tidbits it's, it's, of a story you're never yeah. gonna get. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like you know, Destiny almost feels like it's kind of the closest thing to tuning in for an episode every week of a show, which we don't even really have much anymore. Um, and I it's, could you not know, tell you what the fuck is happening in Destiny these days, man. Oh, I could tell you all about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounded but, yeah, real, so, like a threat. It is. Uh, get ready for yeah, the get-together sure in October, the- bud. <laughs> We're um, strapping you into the cuck chair, and you're going to listen about cool. Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about um, the veil. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, let me tell you about the cuck chair. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it, it's just it's just been a fun thing that I, I just keep going back to it and it also like at this point has gotten to a good place where if you want to put in a ton of time you can but also if you want to just play for the 45 minutes every week it takes to get all the seasonal story stuff you can do that um and so i i appreciate that too um especially as somebody that dabbles on either end so um so yeah i i just you know haven't been on as much past year the past year i have had some stuff going on but um and a, a lot of the destiny seasonal stuff has just been a highlight of my week every week so um i've been i've really been enjoying that hell yeah man hell yeah well um with all of that out of the way uh we're going to move on to the interview we did with samantha bayart the actor behind carlac in Baldur's gate 3 uh, we were joined by Ash Parrish from The Verge, friend of the show, previous guest. Um, it's a great time. That's going to be what finishes out the last hour or so of our show. So uh, stick around for that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special After Hours edition of Super Deluxe Gamescast. I am one of your hosts, John, and today I have our producer, Derek. Hello, Derek. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Our PR Bubba in the baby blue, Finn. Hello. And our good friend Ash Parrish from The Verge. Hello, Ash. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, no. It's it is it has been too long since you've been with us, and we are uh, greatly appreciative of your presence. Uh you always brighten the room up or the podcast, so to speak. Uh and of course we have a very special guest today. Uh she is the voice of Carlac, and they've done an outstanding job uh throughout that game. Uh, and it's just see, I told you I was going to do it. And, uh, <laughs> flawless, oh, flawless. Cool. And speaking of flawless, Samantha Bayart is here with us. Samantha, thank you so much for agreeing to spend some time with us this morning. I know that you have probably been inundated with interview requests and all other manner of of speaking engagements, and we are greatly appreciative that you took of, uh, just a little bit of your time this morning to answer some questions with us. Hey, soldiers. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, absolute pleasure. I was uh, thrilled to bits that Twitter worked well enough for me to see you tweeting me and asking me on this. <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah, always a given. Figured, yeah. yeah, it's not always a given. And, uh, and but it never hurts to try. It, I thank you for calling it Twitter, by the way. I refuse to call it X. Um, I, I simply well, will must. not do that. Well, yeah. Apartheid yes, Clyde doesn't get to make these decisions. I'm there sorry. Are, there are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I figured why not just, you know, that's not normally how interview requests are asked, but I figured just shoot your shot and look, now here we are. Uh, so thank you so much again for agreeing to do this with us. Um, My pleasure. Thank you. I guess we'll go ahead and we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll kick it right off. Um, 
we have a question actually from Britt, who is a huge fan of not just the game, but Carlac herself. Uh, and Britt had a question that I think Derek wanted to kick us off. Derek, why yeah, don't you go ahead yeah. and ask? Since, since my, my, my fellow gay on the crew could not be here, I stand in solidarity with her um, to ask you how it feels to be the best character in Baldur's Gate 3. True. That feels a little subjective, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> it's actually quite objective. <laughs> quite objective. <laughs> um, I feel I was very lucky to get such an awesome role to play, right? Because you, as, an, as a performer, you don't often get to go and see the smallest board of what's available and go, I'll have that one. Thank you very much. So, um, no, that, you know, I'm just a, a grateful that the universe finally aligned for me, um, having been in this industry quite a while now. Um, yeah, and she just the writing was so good and... Um, I was allowed to play so much. They they just let me do my thing. It was what I like to call a psychic casting, where um, I just happened to do what I wanted to do and it was what they wanted because we didn't have time to, to workshop or they just needed me straight in the volume. So um, it was the right place, right time, finally sort of stuff. Um, I'm, as everyone is, quite overwhelmed by the amount of attention, the amount of positive attention it's got. I was ready for the backlash. And... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just how I, I'll just keep saying it because the, the, the fandom who've approached me, actually personally found me and approached me, have been 100% lovely, wonderful human beings. And I am shooketh by this fact. I just can't believe it. I'm, you know, touch wood, obviously. But yeah. um, it's been some time now, you know, and, and just everyone's so kind and, and just normal. <laughs> kind of enjoying that well, at the that's moment. A good, more that's more impressive. Yeah, the, the fact that, that there's been such a delay from probably when you were recording your lines and then when this game came out and everybody has a chance to see it, you probably were not expecting everybody to like completely like a like a fan love bomb fell on you like all at once after so many years of like you probably forgot a lot of the lines that you were even saying that these people are resonating with. That's uh, that. I, I wasn't on this for years. <laughs> I was on this from like December last year. Oh wow. Oh wow. 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 I did as many sessions as the people who did four years on it, if that makes sense. So they had it all spread out because I think there's a misconception that they were employed full time for four years, I wish. But um it was very sporadic and obviously they were EA and they were getting, you know, and the writer Adam Smith has gone on record to say that that Carlac was a result of EA feedback in a way. That that's also why she's such an awesome character, because they they just got the best tidbits of of um fan reactions and requests and they've sort of smushed it into Carlac. Um so I was in a lot <laughs> in a period of about well, we all finished in June. We all went up to the wire in June, and it was just origins, bang, at the end, just getting getting that out there, all in mocap, all bumping into each other. Um, as I said, it was more sporadic before then, so that's where I met, like, Jen for the first time. I met Dev twice, maybe. Um, and, and, and otherwise, I was in sort of every other night. Wow. <laughs> and, a, and a trip to Japan, because I planned that before, because I, yeah. So that was all, that was all good. So, but, but it's funny what, you know, it takes a while to find Carlac in the game and, and like watching yourself in a film or something, you don't know how it all fits together, how it works with, um, uh, you know, there being a silent protagonist. You don't know how it flows. So I remember asking uh, Sarah Bayliss, the writer, like, what's my catchphrase, do you think? She said, I think it's soldier because you say it a lot. Went, OK, we'll go with that. <laughs> so I had to just watch because I'm, I'm a PS5 loser. So I had to watch other people's playthroughs to actually see how I was coming across, like so I can do interviews. 
um, you know, trying not to actually spoil the game as a gamer, but just watching my bits as a selfish actor, but also so, you know, I could I could talk about my involvement. Um, yeah, there are occasionally bits, to answer your question, Ash, <laughs> there are occasionally bits where I go, oh, yeah, okay, don't remember doing that, or, ah, oh, that's where that fits in. <laughs> but that's because I have a terrible memory. <laughs> mm. To be fair, don't this we is... all at this point? It's been... Uh, uh, several years. It's, it, it's been a hundred. It's been a hundred years since 2020, and yeah. you know, it's it's it seems like it's only getting longer. Um, I I've actually got a I've got a question for you, Sam. Um, uh, oh, I hear a child. Uh, I've got a question for you, Sam. Um, so having 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 like speaking to you now like this, um, it's obvious that you know your like you know your voice as your voice like some. Some some actors just, you know, like put on a different voice or modify their voice a little bit. For you, there is already a lot of Carlac just just speaking to you. But what aspects of yourself, of your personality, did you inject most into Carlac, do you think? Um, I have quite a dry sense of humor, as you may have picked up on. Um, yeah. With Carlac, um, so they they captured our mocap and voice at the same time, but not the faces. Um, and I think the same is happening with Gail. I'll just be opinionated and say so. Tim Downey plays Gail. We're both quite dry humoured, and I'm not sure how much of that gets across um, in the game itself. But Carlac um, uh, sometimes comes across as a bit thick rather than dry, which is fine. <laughs> like, is that Gail's granddad? I think I try to do as sarcastically as possible. They were like, no, no, keep it. No, she's not. She's not that that, that witty or suave. But I think they started. Sarah started to write to that as it went on, and and I love all the the sassy put downs and that obviously that Carlac has. I think that was starting to be written for me. Um, in terms of myself, I think we're both chaotic good. <laughs> that's the approach. But that's written hey, for the too. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the most realistic alignment, isn't it? I think the, for the law, for the law-abiding human, um, they just let me—they let me do what I wanted. I was allowed to play. Um, when they told me it was, you know, she's the physically the the tallest and the strongest character out of the origins, that that did a lot of it for me because I don't really think in terms of voice. I think in terms of the whole character and the voice is a result of that. But obviously, I did have to audition for it. Um, so I knew some of her background, um, and I knew she was tough as heck um and i knew she'd been in hell for 10 years and was probably traumatized so let's let's play some of that off with some laughs uh, but she was a bit she was a bit tougher when i went in and then i think they realized that carlac was the same as everyone else so they they changed her up quite a bit and 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 gave her that lighter side um but in terms of myself i suppose because you know everything i've just said i haven't really got much in common with that um was just saying can we just make sure like everything is rooted in that trauma if, even if we are doing the light stuff so when it comes to relationships and she's quite she can be quite immature because this person hasn't had real adult relationships so there's like this regression of age but it's not it's not just because that's a fun thing to do or she's a silly person it's because she doesn't know how to deal with it essentially so and i think everyone put that amount of thought in we had so many collaborators to work with on this um so it was you know it's a it's the usual it's a combination of the facts as they're written and as the director interprets them it's um my experiences as a human and it's my imagination and, and they all mush together so sorry about the long-winded answer but, never uh, that's <laughs> what we're here for that's, that's i think that's the process that's i'm actually 
Yeah. Ash, please. Yeah, I'm actually glad that you were talking about how you were giving uh, notes from your writers and saying that Carlac is a bit thick because it kind of brings true to life to the fact that Carlac is like one of our best representation of a female himbo. And wanted, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I wanted to know like how you feel about being like video games like best female himbo ever. Facts. I love being best himbo. I encourage it. Herbo? Um, Do we have a word for that? Herbo. Yeah. No, no, I want Herbo. himbo. I want himbo. <laughs> Yeah. She wants a binary person. I want yeah. him. That's Vembo. That's a Vembo. Yeah. But I'm not Dembo. sure Carlac is, is a them. So I think, yeah. even though I sort of played her, is that no one stopped me. But um, I don't know how you detect. I think you can kind of yeah. read into that. My wife kind of yeah. picked up on a little yeah. of that. So, yeah. Well, I, I just thought, you know, she's if she's, they're telling me she's seven foot tall and she's tough. Like, how do you bring the femininity in? Like, how does she make herself smaller <laughs> and that not be odd? Yeah. So the, the awkwardness, the physical awkwardness was, was was there, but it wasn't a gendered thing, if that makes sense. Right, right. But yeah, she, she, it's in the body. She's probably bench-pressed a bit too much. She's got the engine. <laughs> she's very tight in the shoulders. Yeah. So a lot of the movement was coming just from the, the upper body as a unit <laughs> rather yeah. than a, a flexible thing. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a, a relatively short or average person, so it was great to play something that was very physically out of my experience because that, what that gave her was a sort of laid-back attitude, this fun-loving attitude, because nothing's a threat. Not really. Not till she yeah. meets an orphan later on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I think that's... Um, that's you know, Finn, go ahead. Finn, I just, real, real quick, I, I just wanted to say that that's actually one of the things that I think is super cool and interesting about... Baldur's Gate 3 is that I think most of the characters can be coded multiple ways depending on your point of view and and how you're playing the game and that to me is something that really really just kind of leaped out I've never really experienced that before in a video game and I thought that was a really really cool thing for Larian to do yeah and from my experience the people I'm working with are are there are so many queer people on board at all stages and I think that reads and it's sex positive and it's consent positive and yes. that's like hard coded into it from from the writers, you know, always giving you an out with the romance options, um, you know, to a point where you go, do you know what, I just want to hold hands, I'm romantically involved with you but I don't want to be sexually, like the fact that they've thought about all the permutations of what a relationship could look like as well as friendship and then you've got... Um, you know, people like using the term player sexual. It's not right. The, the, the characters all fancy each other. Everyone's hot in Baldur's Gate. You yeah. know? And, and yeah. like, it's almost as if Bersex scared off all the usual edgelords or something. Like that whole thing. It was almost as if the toxic bit just went at that yeah. point. Because, uh, and I think, you know, going back to what I said about people being lovely, I think that that may have fixed that for us. Um, yeah. And then, and then you've got Larry and themselves that promised that you could stick it in anything, which I think is um, technically true. Yeah. Um, but again, because I think yeah. we beat we beat people to the punch with that. Like, yeah, because <laughs> like, you, know, you can't really outperv us. I think. Yeah, because because on paper, right? Like, there's nothing I explicitly like more queer than heterosexual about most of Baldur's Gate's content, right? Like, every character can be as straight as they are gay, right? Based on the character, right? Like, consent yeah. is a thing that is not exclusively applicable to queer communities, and mm -hmm. yet, like queer and non-binary folks and trans folks especially like have all latched really hard onto Baldur's Gate 3 mm -hmm. and and like what do you think it is when you just give an open playground where you just give the same options to everybody right um what is it that has drawn you know pe folks like me to Baldur's Gate 3 so hard 
to these characters and, and this version of the world? Mm. As a, uh, a gender specialist, experiencer, <laughs> or non-experiencer, yeah. I don't know. But, but just A gender observer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even like, I'm going to speak for Lazelle as well. Like, I think they're quite ungendered. You know, the fact there aren't... Someone's going to say drow in the comments. Forget the drow. The regular people of Faerun are not bound by gender norms at all. It's not there. It's not. There's no lines about, you know, you can't do that. You're a woman or man up or any of that shite. That's not there, which allows obviously allows people to role play even more. You've got a we've got a theory at Pit Stop where we did a lot of the mocap. That the reason why there's so many queer people making games is because of games like Mass Effect, like Dragon Age, where people could play in this this environment in the most safe way. No one has to go to a bar on their own, yeah. you know, at the age of majority and good luck to you. You know, <laughs> no one has to come out to anybody and risk that going wrong. Um, I think there's been this sort of feedback loop for a while in, in, in these sort of relationship role playing games. Um, as I said, the the. The writers, the, the devs, the animators, the actors, the directors. There's a lot of queer people who made this game, you know, at all levels. Um, yeah, and I think, I think when we were getting to maybe the edge of things that were get, you know, they're a bit risky, like once you start going to BDSM. Even right, like if, right. it's, if it's someone like Karlak, he's being quite dominating. From my perspective, how do I keep the player safe? And these yeah. are the questions that we ask because we're conscious of it. So it's, it's this great sort of permanent feedback loop or development cycle where everybody's checking in and I don't know exactly how it works with EA or with the testing because that's all the NDA and I'm not party to it but um, it was rigorously tested for the relationships and, and how that was coming across and, and, and we just I think Larry and I want to give you a good time we want to give you a good time yeah. you know a, a happy fun time with consequences for your actions but but right. do not make you feel uncomfortable in those more intimate moments for yourself yeah like approaching that content responsibly continues like a tradition of allowing folks to safely explore those aspects of themselves. Like mm. you said, maybe before they're ready to be publicly, you know, out. So that's, I know that's at least one guy aspect. discovered he's bisexual through playing um, <laughs> Mass so, Effect. Yeah. I want to, I want to throw a comment out there real quick and then I want to kick it over to, I want to kick it over to Ash and, uh, and, and get, uh, get Ash and, uh, to ask a question, but, but um, I, I just this isn't a question. It's just an observation that I thought was really cool. Um, so I am the resident himbo of this podcast. I think we can all agree on that. No, I, I know. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and my first playthrough of Baldur's Gate three. This is going to shock everyone, but I was a big, bald, muscular guy with a sword. Like it was. Boy, it's it's going to really surprise everyone here. I know. Um, so that's the level of like, that's a level of creativeness like that. I, I'm like, yeah, game good. It's me. And one of the things that I noticed and wasn't expecting out of Baldur's Gate three is how much it doubles down on consent. Mm. Consent is something that is extremely important to me for numerous reasons. I, I know some victims of things. And so consent is a, I'm an advocate for consent. And one of the things I noticed I, as I romance Carlac was in most games, when you enter into a romantic relationship with a character, most of the time it's like, like you know, kiss Carlac or kiss character, right? In this, it says there's the ask. only option is can I kiss you? And mm -hmm. I thought, and I thought, and that I was like, that's really cool. I wasn't, I would not, I would not have even thought mm -hmm. to for for that to be included, but it's there. 
And as somebody who is a who is an advocate for things like this, that was so refreshing and unexpected to see uh, for for someone like me. And it's just something that I th I thought again, not a question here, but it's just an observation that I had that I thought was really really awesome. Yeah, for sure. And um, what was I going to say? I was going to say that, yeah, that's right. Larian writers have been talking about how um, they didn't want the romance to be a reward yeah. for a mission, that yeah. it had to be within a, a, some sort of established relationship that you can't just, like, get the thing, kiss the person, win, move on yeah. to the next, they'll never know. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I played Mass Effect too, but that's that. No more. <laughs> no more. Those days are over. Um yeah, I like the idea that again, you know, it's they're trying to get as close to a tabletop sort of experience as possible. Uh, the coding on that must have been something else. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you. It makes it more realistic as well, doesn't it? It's it more immersive. Does. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just yeah. keeping. I'm writing notes over here, like of who I'm going to reach out to once this podcast is over, because the way that you're speaking about these relationships is a way that we haven't spoken about relationships in video games in a very long time. Kind of since mm -hmm. like the Mass Effect and the Dragon Age, and you're very right that these, the way that those games worked was like you would work at something and you would like wear someone down almost by like giving them all the trinkets or whatever, and then you know right before the final battle, before you end the game, you get the romance cutscene, and you know. Ta da you win, you get the achievement, it pops and everything like that. But with it seems like in Baldur's Gate 3 that you have to actually maintain your relationships and it can get messy with people. You can break it off at any time. You always have to ask your partner if you want to kiss them. It's mm -hmm. like, I, I really appreciate it that there has been a little bit more thought put into how these relationships develop and how you can, I guess, you know, pursue them. That is making me, giving me really all kinds of ideas about what I want to write about in the future. So I appreciate awesome. that a lot. Oh, but yeah. I, I did I did want to ask, it seems like um, from what you're talking about, how you went about like filming your lines and doing the mocap and stuff like that, usually uh, voice actors, like they never see each other like at all. Like they're all kind of siloed. They record in their closets or whatever. Or they go into the studio and they're typically by themselves. But it sounds like you got to interact with your castmates uh, a fair bit more often than we are typically used to with voice actors. And I wanted to ask, like, who is who is Samantha's bestie? And then who is Carlac's bestie in the group? Wow. So um, I think part of it is because we're not particularly voice actors. We're actors. So mm. the majority of the cast, I think all but one maybe, um, would have done a three-year drama school tra training at a British uh, conservatoire. We do Shakespeare a lot. And you do voice movement, which is what came into this, right? So you do a bit of um, uh, mask or um, Laban movements for me, because I flap, but Carl, I guess, to be very still. The word we used was um, pressing. You just think of pressing, so I don't have to, like, um, think um, cerebrally. I think, how would Carlac move? It's just a physical thing she does. So that really helped. Um, and it's just to do with the market. The reason why I bring it up is, uh, is because of the market in the UK. There isn't really much work for pure voiceover. So when an actor is doing, like, I found myself in audio and then sort of sidestepping into games, I was doing a lot of sci-fi and fantasy stuff, and I was like, this is the same thing. Um, <laughs> it really is. It's just got more visuals to it. Um, most of those people will have had a very, you know, I knew people from um, film, I knew people from other audio dramas, I knew people from stage. So I was just, I, this was great because this is post, for me, it was post-pandemic, and I was just bumping into people I haven't seen in years. And it was doing, in the full mocap suit, of course, 
So there was like um, three in in pit stop. There was like um, three studios, so they would be running at all times, kind of thing. By the, by the end of it, it was getting quite busy. So you were just bumping into people all the time. Um, so in terms of besties, I don't know. I mean, like, so yeah, we're not acting with each other at all. We are bumping into each other for five to ten minutes at a time, ah, then going straight back in. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, my 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 besties were my team. You know, my 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 voice director, my uh, performance director, also known as a movement director. We always had a mocap engineer and we had a sound engineer, and these people were there to make Carlac look good. You know, um, I think for Carlac personally, possibly Halson. I remember recording a lot of dialogue yeah. where she was like, "Oh, he's a he's a big guy." <laughs> I did I did try and get the words. This is the one I wanted to get him, but it was too late in the day, which was Nelson. Um, <clears throat> always like a brick shit house. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sarah. She's American, and I, I I didn't have time to explain that that would be seen as a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah oh no, we yeah. have brick shit house over here too. We know exactly oh, that is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a good a good wide boy, right? Yeah, that yeah. makes me happy because Halson was the one I romanced, though. I like him. Yeah, Halson was I, a real stealth. Uh, you know, I don't think oh, many people time. went in expecting to like Halson as much as they did, and it, it turns out having a nice positive himbo on the cast really means a lot. So it does. See, see, shut up! John. I've been telling you this shit for years. <laughs> yeah, but then you keep popular. undoing it. Um, I have a question. The are a bit more of a considerate, aren't they? That's kind of why people like them. They don't just sort of smash things with reckless abandon. They might yeah. ask yeah, right. they can And they're before. sweet. They're not bitchy. Like, exactly. you know, Asterian is great and Gail is great because, you know, they're all sassy, blah, blah, blah. And they're like mean and, you know, step on me, you know, you pale <laughs> vampire. But like sometimes you just want someone to be nice to you. And just the fact that Karlak and Halson are just nice to you with none of that like hang-ups and will too like with none of like the baggage and whatever like sometimes you know that's good that's that's great that feels good yeah i've been saying uh, it we're great we are <laughs> himbos are awesome we're fantastic we, we will inherit the earth from the nerds. absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> before you ask your question finn because i know you want to and uh, maybe to, to backtrack on that i will say that my bestie was dave jones who plays halson because i've known him for six years on the, oh. cir the circuit, there's some socials that we go to, mainly in London. I'm lucky I'm from London. He's not. He travels down and we'd bump into each other over the years. And go, oh, God, wouldn't it be good to do a little indie game or something together? <laughs> and, and you did. did. You did a little, we did. Indie, we did game a little indie game together. But we did do an indie game together called The, um, the Excavation of Hobbs Barrow, which came out this time last year, um, which was a sort of horror uh, Victorian folk horror, sort of if you imagine uh, Lovecraft crossed with the Wicker Man. Um, it, it's Ooh. really cool. It's awesome. And he was in it and he was in it. So we had quite the glow up going from that to, to Baldur's Gate and, and massive himbos. So yeah, sorry, just to, to answer that actual yeah. question <laughs> with an answer. <laughs> Finn, go ahead, buddy. Oh, well, I was first going to say the reason that Halson is such a great himbo and Carlac is such a great himbo is they don't refer to themselves as himbos, John. Okay? You can't <laughs> just... You can't They're just... Aware. You, you people have been referring to me, to me as a himbo for like five years now, so I just embrace it, okay? That's fair. Like, so, uh, but this question is... Let's get your flowers, John. For yeah. more What's Samantha that? than Carla. Let's get your flowers, John. I know! Yes, absolutely. One day. One day, buddy. <laughs> Um, so the question was originally going to be, you know, like, do have you played D&D before that kind of thing? But then I saw that you just had a game with the whole cast yeah. or you referred to the other cast members as newbies. So that means I assume you did have some experience before. So what can you tell us about 
Samantha's D and D life and like what were you before you became? Oh, there yeah, it is. yeah. Uh, with the mini thing. Oh my god, yeah, yes. that's awesome. She's got a tail. Your own little tiefling <laughs> mini thing. She's I also love got a broken it. off horn. I don't know if you can do- see it. Does she oh, do yes, a little yes. like happy dance just randomly when she's when she when when she's feeling it? Like I love it. Not so great for the tabletop, but uh, yeah. So, um, prepared. I st- I played in the year ni- uh, two thousand and nineteen, thinking that this was going to be a new thing I did in person. So yeah, that that stopped pretty quick. So I played as a dragonborn barbarian. The <laughs> so barbarian in you. Yeah. Yeah, because you know I play so I play Assassin's Creed, uh, God of War to let off steam as a himbo to go in, smash the thing, get the thing, kiss the person. Because that, that's how we play games, right? So in D&D, like, with all the dice rolls and the maths, I wanted something simple. And people said, play Barbarian. It's kind of how you play video games. So that, that was that. And then um, on virtually, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I played with a friend and a lot of friends of friends. And I was a tiefling warlock. So I've got a tiefling and I've got a barbarian. <laughs> so that, that actually really did help, you know, when you've got uh, barbarian dialogue or you've got tiefling or baldarian dialogue. I have some idea of what's going on. Um, yeah, so, so in terms of D&D, a little bit, bef- like in person before, um, and then a little bit during the pandemic, and then it kind of stopped because I had to get a normal job, <laughs> sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day. No. So, yeah, that was that. I've got uh, I've got a question fun. going back to something you kind of brought up earlier where you and most of the cast are not strictly voice actors by trade. You are actors and you perform in a bunch of different mediums. Um, we had friend of the show, Sissy Jones, a uh, very, very, very established and, and, and uh, beloved voice actor uh, and about a week ago. And we talked about kind of a tendency for like celebrity stunt casting sometimes where we can take, you know, actors, right. Who don't have a lot of voice acting experience and people who have tremendous acting talent, but yeah. then maybe struggle to, to be as captivating in their performance in, in the voice acting world. Obviously that wasn't a problem for you or for, you know, most of the, the Baldur's Gate cast. Um, what do you think it is that sometimes trips people up going from, you know, theater or like film and television into like a a voice, either purely voice or like voice heavy role, like in gaming. Yeah, so I don't think it takes much to um, focus the actor on to, to, so Jennifer Hale apparently has said, Jennifer Hale, absolute fucking star by the way. Yes. (laughs) And she does workshops with people and she said a great way into, to to really helping an actor who's not familiar with working the microphone is saying the microphone is your camera. That's really it. So it's about the point of focus. So I've, I've seen it in audio. I do a lot of high-profile audio, like Sandman, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That I, I was going to say, I saw that of. on your IMDb. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, you voice so, Random, so, which is a character you never see get a lot of attention from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Thank you for Guide. noticing. I, I love <laughs> all five best. books, so, yeah. Well done for yeah. making it to the last. I do have to explain to people, like, I'm in the last book, and I yeah. don't expect you to have read it. Um yeah, so that, I mean, that was an, a lesson in, like, don't crumble, because <laughs> literally everyone around you is, you know, um, celebrities. Um, I think sometimes maybe a director could be intimidated by the celebrity that they've brought in, and they're a bit frightened. You know, they don't want to tell them how to act, but it's literally, if, if, if it helps to think of the of the uh, microphone as the camera, just say it. I've seen people, big actors, walk in, and, and they do the film acting, so, you know, it's all very thought. Although there's nothing coming, nothing coming out here. In fact, it's quite quiet because, you know, it's subtle. 
Um, it's just not, it's dead. And you have to go, there's no camera. We can't do the thought thing. You have to do the voice thing. And it's unusual because we don't communicate like that. It's all nonverbal cues in real life. Yeah. So it is, you know, and, and I think sometimes it's also not respected as an art form in its own right. So there is, that, that there is they take the yeah. money to come in, they go, right, point me at the microphone. You've paid me a silly amount of money to do this. Let's go. And then people are too frightened to, to maybe correct. And, and it, as I said, I don't think it takes much. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a, yeah. a very different follow up then, actually. Yeah. It's perfect. You like teed this one up for me. Um, Carlac has a very unique kind of like vocal register, right? For like major, you know, female or femme characters in video games. Yeah, yeah, um, You know, she has a, a kind of a lower register. You know, she's very like exuberant and confident and it's just a like style of voice, right? Like clearly you reached a little bit lower into your like register to perform her, but it's a style you don't hear very often in, in women or feminine non-binary people in mm-hmm. video games. Um, why do you think voices like that are so rare? Or is that even a thing that you've like tracked? And no- it's a thing I've noticed because I'm one of those people with a voice or like an ear for voices. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare to hear a voice quite like that. We get a lot of very yeah. high, very flowery voices and not a lot of these lower voices, um, you know, out of out of women in gaming. And I'm I'm just curious if you think that there's like, a subconscious bias towards you know one way or the other or is it just because obviously in real life you hear all across the spectrum in people's mm. voices mm. yeah i think i think we we tolerate um physically strong women in media as long as they conform to femininity to some mm-hmm. degree or at least that's what i've seen but i was also told that when i came in at the right time because they've been they just couldn't cast Carlac, like they couldn't find the right person and i wonder if they just didn't have the vocabulary, again, why I say psychic casting. Yeah. Uh, Kirsty Gilmore, who's a casting director and a, and a director, I have to give her props because she suggested me back in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just got on with my life. I didn't know it was Carlac, obviously. I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. I was completely ignorant. But my point is, if, if you just go, you know, you're this big, you've got this history, you're the toughest fucker in the room. For me, the femininity goes out the window. I can bring it back in for, for, for an interpretation interpretive take but my personal first instinct is to go you know let's play some imagination game and if she's like really tall i'm not going to give her the squeaky mike tyson right. thing you know? right <laughs> i think there's something else someone else can do that but um it was just one of those things again where i just you know i thought it out and and i just thought how would i do it and that's just happened to be how they wanted it and for once i didn't second guess yeah um and you know you've got again this is where the dnd comes in you've got barbarian intimidation right and uh, I thought about the fact maybe she didn't talk very much in hell, or if she did, it was to be very intimidating, you know, it was, yeah. So when she gets out, she is finding all these different registers and, and um, parts of herself again. And can she can she become the, t- go back to the teenager she once was? What does that do to the voice? But um, because I, I'm glad we brought it up because because it was done physically, it was secondary to the... <laughs> To the yeah. person, yeah, I wasn't. I, I don't think voice first, unless it is a hundred percent voice. So even now, you might have seen in in, in the last night's D and D game, like we do get into the stance, like we did in the in the mocap, because there's some Pavlovian shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it unless I'm standing like them. So you know, there is there is something in that for sure. Um, I think they just got lucky that that cursed didn't even non-binary person that wasn't going to give it a girly read. Yeah, but if I was yeah. smaller, maybe I would have done that. I wanted to uh, ask about like 
there's a lot of I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's like a lot of emotion in some scenes later in the game that involve, you know, Carlac's personal quest and the the reading of those lines was like for me I was like Carlac I will die for you. Like I will do anything for you right now if you commanded me to like on the spot expire I would and I wanted to know like where that emotion was coming from if that was born of like something that was personal and you don't have to get like personal with, you don't have to share anything that's like potentially like harmful with us but just the the pain in her voice when she was talking about it and then after the fact like the, the thing that video games tend to do is they tend to like wrap things up in like this nice neat little bow but that doesn't really happen in Baldur's Gate 3, not just with Karlek, but with a lot of, you know, your companions with their side quests. And I just wanted to, I don't know, ask about your experience with, with those moments and where some of that emotion came from. So I really relished those moments because that's, no matter how much they sort of twiddled her and changed her and, and all the rest, the fact of the matter was she was sold to hell. She was a slave. And I, I think I was the only one that, that used the word slave. And as soon as it came out, people, like, uh, players players started using the one I was like good because they kept saying like she's been in hell and uh, that's a very di- choice is very different right so I'm right. just sitting, I'm sitting on this and this is what fuels her rage you know it's, it's canonically the character and I know it's coming I know the scene is coming I think I know the scene you're talking about yeah um and we're having fun you know and there's people who play and never get that and they think she's you know fun self-insert or, or a bit weird because hey wasn't she in hell for 10 years against her will where is this anger well, she ain't going to show you that because there's no therapy in Faerun there's no gender roles and there's no therapy so it's it's not Ups and all downs. <laughs> I know right so so she's just you know you, you don't get the opportunity to to press that button until you've got her trust right you you have to be doing a mission i guess you would have to have some sort of high approval uh, or neutral at least um and i was re- i was just sitting on that for months and i was ready to go so you know as again what, what's great about the the training that i went through is that i don't have to do method before i trained i would have i don't know how i would have got into that but it would have stayed with me for quite a while and i would have but for me for me the actor it was very cathartic because i was just sitting on that and i was you know playing the happy go lucky isn't this larks it's all right i'm really happy to be alive and everything's fine and i've definitely not got any trauma i was absolutely had all the trauma i was sitting it was like a powder keg ready to go so uh, when we did that with um it was josh at pit stop um I think we did two takes maybe i think the first time i was, I was choked up too much that maybe that it wasn't very clear i was stumbling and then we just got it on the second so <laughs> you know preparation. you know if, if if i could bounce off of that ash i am so glad that you brought that up um <laughs> because you know there was a moment i think it was in act two it was towards the end of act two when i realized as somebody who has dealt with this extensively for a long time mm-hmm. i was like carlac has ptsd and mm-hmm. um, and you know, as as somebody who has dealt with that f- like firsthand personally, it's something. It's that was a very personal moment for me when I when when I realized that Carlac is experiencing post traumatic stress disorder, um, and she handles it the way that I used to handle it with like you know very dark, dry humor, um, you know, saying ah ha ha ha, you know, yeah, what, but but you can right underneath the surface, you could feel that pain just kind of boiling up towards the surface um and that is something that 
I personally, as a as a combat veteran who's dealt who's dealt with these emotions, that's something that you don't see a whole lot in mm. games. It's something that you don't, you know. And 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 again, like I don't, I don't want to stress, being a combat veteran doesn't like it, the amount of people who suffer from PTSD. Like there's, it's you know, it's mostly women who have who you know, like like those are the people who suffer from PTSD the most. Combat veterans only make up a small small percentage of the individuals who suffer with ptsd um and so to see something like this portrayed that accurately uh in a in a video game it's not something you see very often and something that i truly appreciated and i'm i know a lot of other people appreciate as well and you i think i thought you did it masterfully thank you for saying so um you're not the first veteran to express this view um, as far as I know, well, in my own research, you know, just living life, right? I didn't do any particular research having got the role of Carlac because so much of it was really D&D-based research, you know. But um, in my life, I've read a lot of testimony from people who've, who've um, suffered PTSD in combat. I'm aware of that. There's the stereotype about the Vietnam veteran and how many movies have been made about that, right? That person who can just compartmentalise until they can't anymore. Um, and, and that was, people will ask me about uh, uh, fictional um, representation and, and, and like we were saying, Derek, though, there isn't very much and I'd use a lot of imagination, but I did think of, of, of veterans and I thought of the gentle giants that I know who wouldn't hurt a fly and have to actually make extra effort to show that they're friendly because people are terrified of them, you know, or, or they look like a devil in this case. Mm. Um, so that's testament to the writing as much as anything else. And um, as I said, as she, as she kept getting changed, I, I would ask, is, is that still the backstory? Are we still going with that? Because that has to underpin everything. Because as you said, it's, she's so thin-skinned, actually. It's so close to the surface. It doesn't, it's not going to take very much. You say the wrong thing in that. Like, I think when, is it a spoiler to say, if you, if you take her to the people who are hunting her down, you get your first taste yeah. of what is yeah. actually Yeah, happening. actually, mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised. I actually didn't do that. So we won't spoil I, what happens, but it's actually a really great. Oh, no, no, don't spoil. I'm, I'm past that. I uh, I just yeah. took care of them for YouTube. her. Yeah. yeah, have a look on YouTube. Take take her to the there Paladins of Tear and see what it, happens. And I think that's a very it, good. I did that quite early on in recording, so I got a sense of like what how bad this is. You know, did you get to smash stuff up when you did that? Oh yeah. <laughs> like just like recording when you're in a rage room. Yeah, it's like say that mo would be... you in, a, in a break room, yeah. Yeah. Actually, like... you know, it's it's a soundproof room. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear you scream if they turn your microphone off. I mean, that was that was a thing. I would I'd go in with a, a new audio engineer and I'd go, by the way, you're gonna have to ride the gain. Okay. <laughs> this sentence has an exclamation mark, so you might yeah. just want to. <laughs> just thought I had their good favor, as, as I said. I had to keep everyone on, on side. So yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, as I said, it's it's. I'm I'm a performer that's accessible to me, and then the fact that I was as a performer going well, maybe tonight's the night we do. Oh, it's not. Okay, well, I'll, I'll keep that, and you just keep that. And as because I got to release it. That that's my privilege. Is I get to play pretend. It's not something I'm really holding on to. And then that 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 feeling is released, and I I feel I feel you know elated. There's probably a bit of adrenaline, you know, but but thankfully I don't I don't take that home with me. That's her trauma, that, and 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 she gets to release that. Um, what I did like about that, and again, why I think the storyline is is unique and so well written, is thinking of like Daredevil or Batman. You've got people around them going, if you get revenge, you know, this will change you. 
Yeah. And then they don't. They've killed all these guys to get to the bad guy. And then they're like, oh, no, I better not kill this one. It'll change me. Yeah, it's like, like tonight, you're, tonight you're going to break your one rule. Like, like stuff like that. Until right? I and don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know, it, 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 it's interesting that you talk about um, Carlac's approachability, right? Because she is a, again, like she's a seven foot tall tiefling barbarian who's constantly on fire. Right. And she's missing a horn and she's got a, a big scaly tail. And 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 it's something that like, you know, like I've had a pe- I've had people approach me at convention or people not approach me at conventions and then send me a message saying, John, I wanted to say hi, but I was just too scared to be. And and uh, and and it sucks because, you know, it's like, no, come I, <laughs> come say hi. Like and uh, and that's something that I can really relate to with uh, with a character like Carlac is that she's such a sweetheart and she, she just is. She's a sweetheart. Like just talking about her makes me makes me smile. And uh, and but but she's also but that's but she's packaged in this enormous, you know, terrifying frame. But then she just like breaks out into a little dance because she's happy. And yeah. and it, it, it was just something that, it, again, like it was something that 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 i could relate to on a personal level and it was just so cool to, ah, it was just so cool to see like I, so i'm gushing right now but yeah, i really I'm gonna do have to wheel you out yeah. in, in comment sections when if anybody it's rare but someone will go that's she's very unrealistic and okay no it, it's I, a real I, carlac see i yeah. think it's really interesting because like a i think most players are going to be first introduced to Carlac through part of Will's story, right, as a potential threat very early in the game, mm-hmm. and then come up on, you know, the the big hulking, you know, um, half-demon barbarian, right? Um, and then, like, you're prepared for, you know, get covered in blood, and you're prepared for this to be just this stoic, hard person. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get to talking to her, and actually, the the thing that I eventually landed on is she reminds me so much of I know a bunch of women through like the like the local music scene, like the, the you know the punk and like hard rock scene here in Louisville, and you know you meet a lot of of you know women who are you know big like tatted up, pierced up, look like they would kick your ass in a bar fight, and then like you start talking to them, and they're just like bright, bubbly, giggly, like enjoying everything, um, and I think that's. Like I immediately was like, "Oh shit, she's a metalhead," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was gonna so. say like the, the the sweetest people I've ever met at gigs are metalers. Like one yeah. place I want to be is in the mosh pit because people are looking out for me. Like they will yeah. just yeah. gently punt me to safety if need be, or just gently push me. We're all having fun; <laughs> it's all good. But no, seriously, I mean, I said it's it's a life's work. I said I didn't really have to think about it because I was going, "Okay, she's big. She doesn't want to appear mean because she already looks mean. She's got this trauma." She got, so I'm just picking from you know life experience plus you know the text obviously uh, was consistently good and 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 like you said, she was she was always going to be tough. She was always going to have that trauma she was always going to have a chance to to lose it with with covering it up the genius was was putting this extra layer of of so-called you know um joy de vivre on the top which was was both real and a way of covering up what was really going on yeah, metalers not... rule yeah yeah hell yeah does samantha where... have any plans i'm i'm sorry i don't want to like refer to you in the third person but just to like differentiate you between sure. carl like you does samantha have any plans to actually play Baldur's gate 3 and if you do are you gonna just leave carl so you don't have to listen to yourself 
Uh, no, quite the opposite, actually. So, <laughs> uh, so there's a whole different game if you play us as Origins, right? We're apparently silent protagonists. We're not completely silent. We have we have whole scenes. There's whole scenes that you'll, I think, particularly like Astarian, you might find out about Casador because he's so closeted about as his power comes in, you know, being yeah. Cathy and being in control. So mm. you, I think you get extra stuff. Karlak, you get a monologue at the beginning because she does talk to herself. Um, as far as I'm aware, because I've only played a bit, there's less narrator because Karlak narrates herself. Mm. Um, I did a couple of chaotic playthroughs, which Larry were very kind to retweet. So if you have a look on Twitter, because I'm only on Twitter, um, I, I sort of, what I did is I put a headset on, I played, I just narrated along so that was super meta i'm narrating over me narrating over me and i think i started with oh fucking hell i'm in a video game so that's how it started and it just was just, it's insane and yeah yeah carlception and 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 we just i just smash cut the whole thing there's no breaths it's all very youtube generation and and it's out there and if you i'll send it to you after if you can't find the link but i did two of them and they're bonkers and chaotic and Amazing. the idea is if i get some human moderators because i'm aware of how the internet works i would love to do a twitch run where i take some q a questions play it really slowly um but the great thing as you know is my play style is barbarian so I just went in and got the Everburn Blade. That was the first thing I did. I was like, I'm going to stay here till he's dead. That's going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I was trying to play with a halfling bard because I quite like the sassiness, but I don't have the um, patience <laughs> to hang around in the background and just buff everyone. I was like, oh, I'm going to get stuck in. So, yeah, I've played a few hours. I've got to the... I've got to the um, tiefling refugee camp and i'm already fucked it up I, i'm talking to far too many people failing far too many checks um i've already got told off by the adults for intimidating children so i intimidated <laughs> the adults successfully so that's obviously made me very popular with everyone um it's gonna be bad so <laughs> so yeah I'm, i just I, i'm going on holiday for a bit when i come back i'd love to start doing something i just want it to be regular if i'm starting i don't want to do it now and then piss off for three weeks and then come back right. you know I'd, yeah right. so october watch this space we're gonna yeah i'm gonna say we're gonna have to keep a lookout so sure. i have got I, I do have one question uh sam about um because like it, it's it's quite obvious that you have infused quite a bit of your own personality into into carlac um and and so not saying that i've ever done this myself but is mm -hmm. carlac the kind of person who like hums her own theme music when she's doing like when she's in battle or like you have like, you know music? like music she has no, like, a, there, humming, I, I, a humming idol, and it's used a lot more than I thought it would be. <laughs> okay, and I, had, I was just, going, oh, God, what if I do... What is, is there is a copyright issue? What, can I sing the theme tune? Is that too meta? Like, what can I do? So, yes, she she does. She hums her own theme tune. <laughs> Perfect. I, again, I will neither... I I obviously... I have never done this myself in any situation. Of course, but that implies that you have theme music, John. Do you have theme music? <laughs> I do not. He probably have like theme the music. think he does. <laughs> I, I do not have theme music that I have it's made. Benny Hill theme. Like, I, probably, yeah, you're not wrong. And there's a sad trombone at the end. Oh. But no. You need to get a listener to write you your own theme music now. That obviously needs to happen. Oh, mm, new that, commission that for Julian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, let's hit Julian. Like up. a wrestler entering the room, except it's you humming. Yeah. You sit down to the mic and everyone just is like Yeah, I'm just like like that's yeah, that's that's my... essentially what Carlac's doing in the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, See yeah, yeah, for sure. Samantha, Carlac do you so have great. your own theme song? No, for yourself? I don't have my own oh. theme song. I need to work on it, don't I? <laughs> I'll come up with one for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll come up with one for you.
it's going to be fantastic. Um, no, this is this has been absolutely phenomenal, um, Sam. Oh. I know that I, I know that you've got uh, somewhere to be today, um, and I I don't want to I don't want to keep you any longer uh, than like I, I could talk to you all day. This is great, but I I, 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 I have to leave. Um, yeah. I got some time. You got I've you got, got a little more time? time. You got a little mm. more time. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, because I have got uh, another question for you. Sure. Um, what is one of your favorite stories about yourself and a member of the cast? Wow. Um, what well, my favorite? Uh, we're asking me... the we're asking the deep questions. No, because I've got to go. When was I in the room with a member of the cast? <laughs> to which there is no answer to that. Um, whenever the crash mats came out, I knew I was in for a good time. Because I had to stand still on the spot and do all my lines like this. Um, so, like the romance scenes when when you're sitting by the campfire, those were those were fun. Um, the very opening scene. Oh God, we did so many versions of that when you first because because they're different. Whether Will's with you or he's not, right? And she stands right. up and she's on fire. Blah. I think I did one with an evil laugh. They didn't like that. They thought that <laughs> that came across badly. Ooh, can we hear what a Carlac evil laugh would have been? You want to turn the game down? I can okay. do that. Give me just a second. <laughs> no, turn the gain up. All right. I brought yeah. you down a bit for the recording. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Oh, that's, that's a good awesome. one. That is yeah. so cool. Because she's like, the power! So there was all this <laughs> stuff about, like, yeah, she knows the engine's burning too hot. She's not going to tell anyone for the first 20 hours because she's a liability. So she's not she's <laughs> going to keep that one to herself for the time being. But yeah, they, they cut that bastard. Oh. <laughs> I like doing that. Um, Changing my score to a 9 out of 10 now. <laughs> um, yeah, they did, I guess it was any sort of physical stuff because a lot of it is, you know, it's a medium close-up a, a lot of the time. So whenever I got to work with... Uh, movement direct on anything more than Sam you've been standing still for the last four or five lines do you want to just move a bit so we can see that you're alive um there's one a bit later in the city um I don't think it's spoilers to say that you can visit her parents grave yeah yeah you can visit her grave there was a gesture in that that I found um no, it's not a fucking spoiler, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, oh, God, the, the whole plot, re- it's, I'm revealing something. Um, right at the end, you know, she's, she's wrapping up a conversation with her parents' graves in front of the party, and she says, um, you know, whatever happens after death, because she's quite agnostic, whatever happens, you're always here with me. Right? And the, nat- the natural gesture for me is to gesture my heart, right? You're always in me, you're always here. Then I went, oh, shit, she hasn't got a heart, has she? How, how do we get all that in there? And the movement director said, okay, so you say, you're always here with me. Look down, realize, drop your hand. Anyway, straight back to Carla. Let's go back to smashing things because we don't yeah. want to talk about trauma. So it's, yeah. it, there was just that little moment really was, was encapsulated that team dynamic of, and, and, and having that freedom to play in the room because that wasn't in the script. But it is in the script, if you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, it's that you're literally having your own heart ripped out i think i had a line about you know that he he took my heart the the heart gave to me by my mum and i don't even i don't know if that's still in there or not because i haven't i haven't come across it but i was that was devastating as a line yeah this conversation really makes me wish there was therapy in favor because i just want carl like to talk about it dlc therapy dlc just like 
I was just gonna say, <laughs> Go I will ahead. say if uh, if you haven't seen already the uh, the interaction of you mean mugging Neil uh, during uh, that D and D game you all played together has been blowing up. So like that's gonna be an interaction you're gonna see and hear a lot of. I as well. encourage that. Yeah. I encourage. Yeah. There was a lot of this going on, a lot of this going on, and 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 poor Carla, bless her, sort of halfway through realizes that she's been used in a mugging and is like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. come on. Um, Samantha, now that uh, Baldur's Gate is out and we're still riding that high, like, th- is there any other game project, like a dream project that if you could oh, be cast, like what, what, is there a game that if it was going to be made, you would be like, I would love to be part of that? That's a good question. Wow. Um, all of them? I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ambitious. Pa- pay yeah. me money, please. <laughs> pay me like money it. to do acting and to move you. You know, yeah. I love all that shit. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter what the medium is, to be quite honest. In video games, as I said, I've always loved God of War, Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, you know, all the ones with, with you know, big, big acting in it, I suppose. Um, it's all well and good to do efforts. I did, I did a, a, the equivalent of Tav in the Demon Souls remake. Um, that's, that's great. That's oh. a f- great footnote. But, but n- I wouldn't say that's, that showcases my acting work particularly. Yeah, so right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to pin anything to any wagons, as it were. Just offer me some good acting roles. I will take them. Thank you very much. No. You want something so where, you can, like, where you can just kind of like... What's a role then? Like, what, what's an example of a role that you would want in like a video game? That's, like a, you, good, that's a good... Yeah. yeah. Like, what, are you, what are you hoping oh, for? <laughs> Shepherd, um, <laughs> shepherd, you know, yeah, yeah. Shepherd. really high. Or, I mean, there's um, a Mass Effect remake coming out, or there's a new Mass Effect game certainly on the horizon. So, you know, Bioware, if you're listening, we know you're listening. Well, I wouldn't want to take someone's job there. Let's not, let's not do that. But, um, you know, look at new stuff, let's make some new things and make, make some awesome characters and let's iterate on what we enjoy as players. And what really lands with people and, 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 and move forward with that, I think, is the most diplomatic thing I can say. Yeah. Um, Ezio. I love Ezio. <laughs> I would have loved to have been him. What a fully formed, you know, so again, sort of Shakespearean character. He had all the swears. He was great. Well, I guess I guess this begs the question, um, like, obviously, Karlak is chaotic good. <laughs> um, but would you want to take a role where you can, like, sink your teeth into something a little more evil? Yeah. Um <laughs> it's the answer. I was I was literally thinking about that the other day. I had um, I've been lucky enough to book a couple of small projects from from actually no from Hobbs Barrow. I think I may have booked something from this. <laughs> um, yeah, You're book I would. Quite I've a been few playing things for, from this. I think. Yeah. I hope so. It's been like two months. Um, <laughs> um, it's not even that. Fuck. Um, yes, I play a lot of. I've always played a lot of survivors. You know, which is great and it's noble and they're leading characters i think i could play some complicated assholes i'm ready to do that now um let's mix it up you know i said i i just i'm just interested in good writing that's going to move people i really don't care about alignment personally but i'm also very grateful for the fact that i've got a very popular alignment that i do um <laughs> but yeah yeah absolutely when i when i can get that in even with like thomasina and hobbs barrows the protagonist you know I, I did try and she's quite um she's a very snobby person so i really tried to play that up as much as i could that makes sense yeah awesome are we out of questions we might be, there <laughs> no, might be. I, uh i have Since desperate not to be out of questions 
No, no, no. I just I I have one. It's 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 more of a. a you have a, the last one, don't you? Oh, the classic oh, Finn last it. question. Most, God, it. It's the most important one. Um, I, I apologize in advance for the gotcha journalism here. I because uh, uh. we only ask the hard hitting ones here at the Super Deluxe Games Cast. Uh, Samantha, in your heart of hearts, and please answer for you and Carlac. Um, in your heart of hearts, if you have to choose cake or pie. What? <laughs> savory or sweet? Because I know the word pie in the US is, is contentious. See, but that's why I love this question, because it's completely answered differently depending on where you're I mean, from. Technically, technically, so however you want to answer it, that is how you can. Cake or pudding? <laughs> Aren't there puddings over there? Both, I mean, pudding, we'd say in the UK, generally is sweet. So you're asking me if I want a dry no. sweet or... You oh, asking savory or sweet? Oh. You I mean, I guess in UK, yeah, sure. For <laughs> UK, let's go savory sweet. Let's go. Savory, savory. Carlac sweet tooth, absolutely, like runs off sugar. Nightmare. Shake. I can see. She's not dancing. I, I can shaking. absolutely see that. She's cramming sponge cake into her face. Just, I can. Green toes. Green toes. Right. Yeah. Carlac. Carlac. Just like I can. Like I just had this metal image of like Carlac following Tav and going Tav, 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 and Tav's like what? And she's like. Love you. Can I have a cookie? <laughs> That's actually funny because we'll say, I, we'll say I, love you. <laughs> I have a tendency to role play like more than I should for like really weird things. So I will give, uh, if I pick up food, I give like all the sweet food to Carlac to hold. And then I have to take it back so we can eat it for the long rest. But I like, and then it it's her. gone. And, and yeah. when you go into her inventory, it's all gone. It's not there it's anymore. It's so weird. <laughs> There's a bit in, early on in the game when you recruit Carlac in camp, talk to Shadowheart. And she's like, right, so we're going to have to get more food in then, aren't we? <laughs> Are you trying to fat shame me, bitch? Like, seriously. <laughs> it takes calories to uphold this that is, physique. This is all yeah. protein. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Right? The, Those the carbs aren't going nowhere. The infernal well, engine in, burns all the calories. It's, real it's, quick. it's constant metabolism, is what the infernal engine is. Like yeah. it's you know Permanent you can eat all the carbs. Yeah. See, that's the good thing about having an internal engine instead of a heart, because since your metabolism God. is always burning, you can eat all the carbs you want. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, like that, that's perfect. Like I don't. I'll yeah, take see, an internal why, engine. Why like, doesn't Carlock ever look at the upside? Like come on. Yeah. yeah right. Like you got to balance it out. You gotta balance it out. You gotta you you gotta take the positives with the negative. The true. negative is, yes, eventually you're gonna have to return to Avernus because you know you're gonna burst into flames. And but the positive is you can eat. It doesn't matter if you like cake or pie. You can eat both as much yeah. as you want, and true. none of it matters. So yeah, absolutely. When you're sad, <laughs> nothing matters. Thanks, Finn. Finn, uh, Finn, thanks, Finn. Thanks for bringing it up at the end, bud. Finn, yeah. that is Finn. That is both the best and worst thing you've ever said. Hey. Uh, I when you're sad, nothing matters. It doesn't talk matter. About it. It's all the same. It's all cake and pie. It all tastes yeah. the same. There it is. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all right. we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll go and wrap it up if here if there's finish. any better way to end it i nailed it <laughs> I thank you, you king of the Segway. just call me cloud <laughs> oh that's good that's a really good one wow all right no i'll okay, Finn. i will give Excellent. you full marks for that full marks that was that was solid that was solid all right uh sam thank you so much this has been an absolute treasure um and uh Seriously, does you are a delight. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. Uh, we we deeply appreciate it, and we are all. It's I think. Thank you. 
Absolutely. And and I, I think I can speak for the group when when I say that we are all looking forward to the next whatever comes next in your career, yes. whatever it is. We all know that you're going to knock it out of the park. Yep. Thank and you. now that we're all besties, uh, we'll be there to Stay cheer touch. you on every time. There you go. Okay. Now that we're all pals, how about you help me kill some evil bastards? I'm, I'm, oh, I John's down for that. Can you tell people how to find you and follow you on the uh, the socials, and that way they can see all your playthroughs and everything? <laughs> so, um, for general chaos, it's Twitter at Samantha Bayox. It's my name mushed into one, and it's the same on Twitch. Actually, um, uh, there's some Twitch stuff happening. It will be happening, but at the moment, I haven't actually broadcast anything. So. But it's um, there. Just you can follow. You can get an email when I when I finally get ready for when it's happening. Get ready for when it's happening. Um, what else do I do? Um, yeah, I'm on Blue Sky. <laughs> just in case all this falls over. Yeah. But it's always we're all on Blue Sky and we don't know what we're doing with it, but yeah, we're I there. Yeah, yet, but I'm there for the apocalypse. Um, yeah, everything like all this. Uh, I've got a link tree on on my Twitter, so you can find everything on there. But I ch- try to keep it to the one thankless void to scream into. I try not to do many at the same time. So I'm not on Facebook, not on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all there. Mastodon, Samantha Bay Art as well. Um, yeah, come find me. Send me art. I love it. Fantastic. I'm going to start sending you art. Uh, and, I mean, actual uh, yeah. art, right? It's not a euphemism here. <laughs> Like no, 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 no. I'm right, going to send okay. you literal he art. It art. Yes. I'm going to send you art. Like, I am <laughs> like I am the most literal. He, he has crayons. I do. One thing about actually. being like a voice actor, like a famous, like popular voice actor is like your fans are going to be your fans for life now. Like, they're just going to follow you around. They're going to yeah. send you art. Like, this is, you're locked in. Like, this That's is. That's great because they're yeah. fucking amazing. I'm loving it. <laughs> I will actually draw art and, and take a picture of it and send it to you. That's what I'm going to do. And it's going to be all crayons. Because, oh, <laughs> and it's, and it's probably just going to. Have you seen the fan art someone said, made? They said, "Oh, I no. want to uh, Karlak is going to do a, a portrait of a starian." But oh, I did see touched, that. That was funny. She hasn't, she hasn't touched anything in ten years that didn't turn to ash in her hands. So she does this little <laughs> child's five-year-old's line art <laughs> of his face, and then she goes, "Sorry, mate." <laughs> that's actually over. that's actually <laughs> fantastic because that's literally all I'm capable of. Can't so wait. that's. Can't wait. That's all I can do. I'll be lucky if I make it through a through a drawing without eating the crayons. So Please you know, video yeah, cool. absolutely. I'll, I'll record myself doing it. Uh, process. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ash, our good friend Ash Parrish from The Verge. Thank you so much for joining us as well. Where can people find you? Uh, you can also find me on the Twitters at at Astra A D A S H T R A, and you can find all of my writing on The Verge. And hopefully, I'll have some more Baldur's Gate stuff up in the future. Perfect. Outstanding. Thank you again, Samantha, for joining us. Thank you, Ash, for joining us as well, rounding the cast out. Derek and Finn, you know it's always a pleasure, boys. And as always, everyone listening, remember, kindness costs nothing. We'll see you next time. Bye, Tiz.